0: Welcome to the Silicon Valley podcast. Uh, I'm super excited to be sitting here with iAccelerate mentor, scope IT educator, uh, Jessica Fosler, uh, who's joining us for today's episode. Uh, We're at the iAccelerate campus in a lovely little meeting room. And basically, we're going to delve into how Jess has ended up here and where she's come from.
1: Oh, thank you very much. That was a great intro. We're in the pier on level two, by the way, if anyone wants if, to come if you visit. Can
0: picture us, yeah, yes. you've got forty-five minutes. Yes. <laughs> but we can't tell you what date it is. Oh, that's <laughs> right. It's a top secret thing. So there's probably a lot of people uh, that don't know who you are. And so we'll we'll maybe just start with if you want to give us a little the sort of recap of, of who is Jess.
1: Okay. Um I am originally from the U.S. I grew up two hours north of New York City, and um, I went to school in um, Philadelphia, and then um, straight after Philadelphia, I moved to um, Seattle, where I worked at Microsoft. for. I worked there for about um, six years, and then I um, moved to Wongong, and I um, worked remotely for Microsoft. of you know, another two and a half years after that. And um yeah. So that's me in a nutshell. Are we done?
0: Yeah, that's it. Podcast (laughs) is over. Great. Thanks for coming. (laughs) There's sadly a little bit more. Oh, okay, (laughs) yes. Don't get off that easy. So we are we're probably gonna talk a lot about the I Accelerate piece a bit later. Um but maybe let's let's talk about coming to Wollongong. Um Obviously, you're in Seattle, you're working for Microsoft. I, I know you did some great work there, and we'll, we'll hopefully cover that off a little as well. So what's what's the driver for coming to Wollongong? How did you end up here?
1: Well, actually, my husband's from Wollongong. Uh, he grew up here, and we just eventually, after a couple of years of living in Seattle, we just really wanted to be closer to family. So we um, picked up, we put all our furniture <laughs> And our cat. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, In various transportation devices. And we came to Longong. And that was about 11 years ago. And I haven't looked back.
0: Okay, great. Fantastic. And so maybe let's, let's talk a little bit about Microsoft because it's in the past. And then we can move on to what, what's happening now. Nine years in total at Microsoft?
1: Yeah. Yeah, nine and change.
0: Yeah. And do you want to give us a bit of an idea of, of what you were working on while you were there?
1: Oh, it's top secret. I can't tell you that. Oh, podcast is over. <laughs> okay. No, um, I've worked on um, Visual Studio in the developer division for most of the time at um, Microsoft, but um, pieces of that were working on something called the .NET Framework. I don't, don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but if in the year 2000, from like 2002 to now, if you've written a C Sharp or VB app, you've probably run my code
0: there we go Okay. Um,
1: yeah so anytime that you had like a menu or a toolbar or a button or something like that there was a layer on top of the Win- windows 32 system um, uh, that made writing against windows 32 really really easy and that was called windows forms and um So our team was responsible for this framework, and a lot of the time that I spent there was helping other developers um, create their own code. They go, oh, okay, well, actually, I want this button to always be aligned to that side of the screen, or I want this Windows menu to do this when it opens. And so we would have this regular um, internal, and, well, also external mailing list, and, and one of the main things that I did was answer questions all the time and I'd be writing the guy's app you know like I'd be like okay you did that so I'd go home and I'd be waking up at seven o'clock in the morning and I'd be typing in the, their app exactly how they would do it. and I'd be like okay if you do this Windows message you can completely hack the system in order to get you know the the menu option the way looking the way that you want it to look okay right so that was a lot of a lot of the time that I spent when I worked on Windows forms and I started a and it was the age where we were amazed that we could do blogging.
0: Oh, right.
1: So you know, so I had this thing um, called JFO's coding, and um,
0: does this still exist today? Can we find this? You
1: can still find the original keyboard handling article that later got put into MSDN properly. You can still find like because people were like, okay, well, I want um, mnemonics to work this way, and I want Alt. To do this, and, you know, and it was just like, there were just um, layers and layers of different things that you had to override, and it was just like, I finally got sick of it one day, and I put a breakpoint through the whole system just to find out, okay, well, okay, so WM char comes through here, and then that gets turned into a this, and that, so yeah, so that was um, one of the most popular (laughs) articles. (laughs)
0: How to hack the system? Yeah, How to yeah. work around? How to the just get keyboard
1: to work like you want it to? <laughs> right. Okay, cool. Yeah. So
0: and then you've come to Wollongong and continued working remotely.
1: Yeah. So uh, over time, the projects obviously changed. So um, if you're if you're familiar with .NET form framework, we moved on from Windows Forms. We moved on to WPF. We moved on to Silverlight. And so my role kind of changed a little bit. And so I went from writing the the framework that you would write to being more into Visual Studio and um, doing the design service. So if you've never run any of these before, imagine an HTML editor. So right. my job was to make sure the drag and drop worked, that when you cop- copy a button, the button the button code copies and that your ID tags get all set up correctly and okay. so on and so forth. And Things like document outline and split view and all of those kinds of things. Um, so that that's pretty much how my role changed over time, um, and walking backwards because somebody asked me the other day, uh, why is it that you know so much about UI and UX? Because the, the secret of it is um, I can't actually draw. <laughs> 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 and the reason why is because when I was working in Windows Forms, um, I was also responsible for the layout of all the managed dialogues in Visual Studio. So I got to learn that there's rules about... Um, how far the spacing is from the edge for your button, and what the exact button size needs to be, and so on and so forth. And from there, um, as we progressed onwards to uh, WPF and um, all these other things, I started to learn. I kind of got into the cult of UI UX, and I learned a lot about experience design and how to actually um, develop a product. How to how to start with the idea and and
0: um, through the whole process and, for,
1: and yeah go through the whole process okay. and make sure you're building something that customers actually want. Very cool. So okay. yeah, th- so that's my so passion. So sort of seeing
0: both sides of the of the gamut, like being there writing the code that's getting used, and then also on the other end producing everything end to end.
1: Yeah, yeah, being a part of the planning and that that was that was really really exciting to me because that's the. That's when the decisions are getting made. That's when the most creativity comes in. When, when you're just at the writing lines of code thing, you're doing you're trying to fill a spec that's already been written. Right, okay, and yeah. so I was more I mean, that was great. And I really love making stuff work. <laughs> it's always better when stuff works than yeah. it, when it doesn't have when it has bugs in it. <laughs> yeah. But also, this other creative side was really passionate, and that leads me kind of to why I am interested in helping companies I uh, accelerate today.
0: Okay, cool. Well, let's not jump ahead too okay, far. Okay, I'm skipping. I'm sorry. Yeah. So we've we've come to Wollongong now. We've got JFO has landed in Wollongong, and then sort of you you end up finding yourself at Scope IT. Yes. And so let's maybe, if if you can give us a, a short little overview of, of sort of what your involvement is with Scope IT and maybe what Scope IT does, because there's probably a lot of people listening that haven't heard of Scope IT and sort of the involvement in the community.
1: Oh, you didn't see it on Shark Tank. <laughs>
0: oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I haven't done uh, my research. Yeah, that's
1: right. That's right. Um, Scope IT is an or- Australia-wide org- organization and... Um, They've got a branch in Wongong. And um, I eventually left Microsoft and I went off and had a family and so on and so forth. And working, coming back into the workforce is really tricky with a little guy. And I I think Nick and Dave were (laughs) kind of alluding to that (laughs) a little bit. And so Scope IT was really my first bridge back in because I really couldn't spend 60 hours a week typing in. You know somebody else's code and you know so i really need to find a way to get my passion back in and into balance right um so um when i was growing up my brothers um taught me to code um and we i started on the vic 20 and the commodore 128 right, Okay. Yep. so if like press play on tape means anything to you you're my generation <laughs>
0: <laughs> you might have missed me by a little and yeah. sam is way out
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway so um what i really wanted to do um, is find an organization where i could go in and share my passion with the younger generation um, yeah. of coders and
0: just a, kindle a new JFO. Can, uh,
1: yeah, I yeah, I need to multiply because I can't. I don't have the time now to be old JFO. <laughs> okay. I need to. I need to multitask <laughs> JFO now, right? I need uh, an army of JFOs. Um, right. So I was looking for some way where I can connect with young people, and it, it, Scope IT was just there at a, the right place at the right time. This the advertisement came up. It was like um, over the school holidays, um, teach. Teach kids to do game coding. I was like, okay, all right. I've never done game coding
0: before. <laughs> what can the kids teach me? <laughs> yeah, I was
1: like, this is, you know, this is slightly crazy, but you know, hey, if it's one day a week, I'll just do that. So, um, I went in, and it was like, whoa, six hours of teaching kids how to use Scratch, and you know what? I, I was just, it was amazing because by the end of the first day they're teaching they're working on the ideas and they're teaching each other how to do some some of the concepts so um yeah so like we just worked out how to add score into this shark um, the shark game I know the
0: exact exercise yeah. yeah and
1: then and then they're just like somebody some kid puts up his hand and he says so okay well how do we add high score and like they worked it out themselves together in like this really amazing collaborative way you know that didn't necessarily have to come with me yeah you know and that was so good to see that they were you know sort of thinking out through the, through the problem being creative and that kind of stuff Um, later on, I moved into the schools. So, um, I've taught in 12 schools around the Illawarra. Um, and that is basically, um, teaching them beginner coding skills. Um, and, um, the course goes right up to teaching them electronics and robotics and so on and so forth. But that's over a number of you know terms okay. to get to that point
0: yeah can you give us an idea of you know you're running these workshops at the Science Center during the school holidays or after school sorry both both yeah. right what 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 sort of uh, I don't want to use the word clientele um, what kind of audience uh, do you find
1: oh yeah our our group is about um from age seven okay. to you know thirteen fourteen. Um, I've got a really good mix of girls and boys, right, um, okay. and which is unusual for this kind of th- club. Um, a lot of them come to us and go, oh, it didn't, the girls didn't, it didn't work out. And this couldn't, other... Couldn't
0: engage or just...
1: Yeah, or they just felt unwelcome. Okay. Um, anyway, I think because everything in this particular thing is just so independent there isn't that much of group work that's happening, which is where the girls kind of feel like they don't get the chance um, when they're partnered necessarily with a boy. Um, so in some senses, they're all coming in equal, and they're all working on their equal things, and they're working on their own pace, and that kind of helps diffuse that situation a little bit. Um, that said, they all help each other out. But the one of the things that I found is really interesting in the work that i've done with girls is um you give them a task to do and it's you know you say okay well can you just draw this box it's because we teach them how to do javascript right we teach them a basic javascript sentence you draw this rectangle you know and then you give it the fork the four coordinates and then you follow it with this semicolon and you've got your rectangle and we teach them the basics of writing a job, JavaScript sentence. They're okay. They, they muddle through, they're all right. But once I sneak up to them and go, Hey, do you want to add some color? Just add the fill command just before this line and your rectangle will suddenly become a color. Right. Okay. So I've been at a club where I said that once and like I went away and the girl had worked out and you have to realize they're not, they're doing like individual coordinates. She had worked out this whole rainbow effect <laughs> on the screen. And I was just so amazed because, you know, she'd had to work out, you know, her Y heights, you know, for everything. And it was just so amazing. And so I just kind of feel like, A lot of times when we're working with girls, it's not that they can't, it's not that they, you know, are less capable or so on and so forth. It's just that the problem set has been proposed in a way that doesn't engage. Yeah, yep. And so we really need to be thinking about how to engage girls with the problem sets they're interested in. Like if you're in Tinkercad, have them draw a fairy castle, Um, you know. Yeah. that might be a little bit more interesting than a space station
0: yeah that's true i think the majority of the exercises as well that you find or look out there they they might not intentionally skew towards a a, a male audience i guess but it's just you know as you say space stations monsters aliens kind of thing which you know everyone can be into but you want to you want to cater to everyone and engage everyone
1: yeah. yeah yeah absolutely that was an amazing experience um but again, I wanted to come into balance with my, and it just meant my kid was starting kindergarten, and I was missing school pickup and school drop off. So um, right now, I'm working at the science center through um, so the same organization, um, and we have an after two afternoon sessions, and it's still amazing, still fun. And over the school holidays, um, um, we've got all these amazing coding camps, and um, every You can see me um, just before every school holidays because they keep rebooking. So I have to make a new game every single time they come in. So I'm just like, oh, I I can't do.
0: (laughs) Got rinse and repeat.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can't do the ripoff of Pac-Man again.
0: (laughs) Mrs. Pac-Man. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, it's. It might be called Chomper for Chomper. Oh kids. yeah, sorry. Yeah, please don't sue non- us. <laughs> yeah, don't give me trademark violation here. I
0: think the um, the really cool thing about teaching kids to code is you can take you you're giving them the ability to create something, and there's like really all they need is a access to a computer. Um, there's no sort of requirements to have anything else if they can have a browser and access Scratch, and want to put the effort in. Um, you know, you're empowering a a kid to do that stuff, which I think is great.
1: Yeah. And we need to be, we need to be in the place where we're teaching kids to be creators and not consumers of just consumers of technology. They're sitting in front of those iPads every single day, but we want them to go out and create stuff, you know, but, you know, for me, it's, um, it's not really that important that kids learn to code. Like, uh, that sounds really shocking coming from me. <laughs> the thing that's really important is that they learn to problem solve. Okay. Yeah. And like in the olden days, my mom was a teacher. Um, in the olden days, I remember like she would have a third grade class and um, she'd get them to write out the instructions to peanut, uh, making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you know. And like it, w- it was always amusing to her. Who could like, like the peanut butter was like all over the outside of the bread and like, you know, just really being able to organize your thoughts from top to bottom. I mean, um, just before we were talking about how, um, you know, there's people who can write code, but the ability to be able to say what your code is doing, um, that's what makes you a rock star developer from just being an ordinary developer. And being able to organize these kids' thoughts is is really important to me. And make, making tiny rock star developers is more important to me than getting them to finish, um, you know, all 10 levels yeah. of code.org. Yeah.
0: It's sort of the foundation, I guess, and then hopefully they can grow and and, and take wherever they need to go. Yeah. yeah. And that, actually that ties into one thing that I, I wanted to talk about as well was sort of the idea of, there's this whole big thing now that everyone wants to talk about, it's future jobs. And, and you know, how, uh, you know, someone that's just starting kindergarten now, what job they will have in 20 years when they grow up. And sort of your... You know, helping, as you say, these kids think through problem solving and stuff. Do you feel like that's sort of preparing them for these future jobs?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we can't be in the age of being told what to do anymore. Like, being outlined, okay, you do this, you do that, you do this, you do that. Like, we've got robots for that now. Um, <laughs> we've got, we've got you know, workflows and pipelines and HubSpots and, you know, yeah. we need people... Um, thinking behind all of these processes—that's um, that's the real like. Why are we doing it this way? Is there a better way of doing the the task? Do we have to do it in this order? I mean, these are the skills um, that we really need to be giving our, our kids. Um, you
0: know. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. And so maybe let's let's talk a little bit about I accelerate. I feel that ties into sort of. Um, how Wollongong's changing specifically um, and especially like this possibly presents opportunities that wouldn't have been in this in this region before. So I know you're involved with iAccelerate. You're a mentor here. So maybe if you could, I, I assume there's going to be people listening that aren't familiar with iAccelerate. Maybe if you could give us a quick The 20-second elevator pitch. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Pretend (laughs) you're on Shark Tank. (laughs) Okay, excellent.
1: I Accelerate. um, It's part of the University of Wongong. um, And it is a startup incubator and accelerator. Right here in Wongong, which is amazing. So companies can come in and they can um, hire some office space um, and... Um, really benefit from the um, ecosystem within the building um, and have really good access to funding, um, mentors who know about things like HR, you know, uh, business plans.
0: Things that you might ne- not necessarily have experience in or think about if you're trying to run a startup path or yeah, you've got this great idea that you want to take to market. Yeah.
1: And the other thing that's not written on any of the literature is that you learn a lot from the other companies in the building. So you're benefiting from people being there at the same time and space um, in their companies as you are in yours. Okay. So there's a lot of to use a buzzword bingo word synergy that happens
0: synergy tick it off (laughs)
1: it's like okay well what crm are we all using what
0: you know and what 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 are the strengths like yeah Yeah. why is that meeting your requirements that's right yeah i think that's that's really valuable yeah so you talked a bit about the ecosystem where where do you fall into this mentor ecosystem sort of what are you providing to these the people that could be part of the program
1: you probably have to. ask Not that. a loaded question.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so obviously, are you
0: coming up from your? Are you putting your dev hat on? And is it mostly code stuff, or you know, are we talking UI/UX?
1: Well, I had a company come up to me, and they were meeting with their developer, and they recorded the session, and they said, actually, we've got it all recorded on Zoom do you think you could just check it out for me and see? And I could go back, and it was just an hour-long meeting, long, hour long meeting, and I could say, actually, I saw you glaze your eyes over when the developer said API. Can we talk about APIs for a second, just so you know next time they talk to you what they're talking about? Right, yeah. So that kind of thing. Uh, I've done some testing for some of the um, companies like who are um, – you know releasing new products uh, looked at you know plans looked at all kinds of things um, the one I'm working with right now is Recreate. Um, they're an eco pack- packaging company and um, a lot of the companies here actually are doing a lot of AWS backends are you finding that as well
0: yeah, I think it's a it's a common trend to move to the cloud and control the spend, I guess, a lot. Yeah,
1: Yeah, but a lot of them are centering very specifically around AWS, and I think that's par- partially because iAccelerate is very well connected to AWS Activate, and so there's some programs that come in where you get free services for a year or right, two okay, while yeah. you're starting up.
0: And then you're into that ecosystem. The assumption from AWS is you'll probably continue. It's sort of that laziness.
1: That's right. Kind of and thing. so I've had a couple of meetings where the guys from AWS come down and they say, hey, how's it going? And they go... What services are you using? Actually, why have you spun up an ec two for that? Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> you know, and it's just a lovely sanity check, and they've been very helpful along the way. So that's, okay, um, cool, part of my experience here. So
0: I'm. It's. I think I accelerate is such a huge thing. Like it'll feature. We'll have an episode definitely with the yeah. team behind them in the future. Uh, and root create obviously such a success story from I accelerate. I'm really excited to have. An episode with Suzanne and just talk about that journey.
1: Oh yeah and she's amazing she um, comes from Seattle too so it's yes. lovely to have such a kindred spirit and she's got um, experience with like all these amazing companies like Starbucks and Nike. Yes and yes yes. Okay. So yeah yeah and she's yeah she's a hoot too. So
0: tune in for that future episode. That's right
1: <laughs> I've just put her on the spot for yeah. her own episode.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if, if I was to put you on the spot and sort of ask you to kind of maybe think of maybe one or two things that really draw you to iaccelerate or what you enjoy most about your role what are some of the things that spring to mind
1: well when i came to when i came to wongong it wasn't for technological reasons right i was moving here for a family and having iaccelerate kind of pop up while i've been here which is like i've been here 11 years yeah It's just been amazing because I've been trying to find kindred spirits in the technological space. And it's just nice to have found this group of people who just get it, who I can just, I have this nerd joke and like, I really want to post it to my Facebook feed, but like, you know, my, you know, my grandma age friends won't get it, (laughs) (laughs) And it's just nice to be able to, like, post that joke to, you know, Sil- Silicon um, Valley Slack and, um, you know, have somebody get it, you yeah. know. Um,
0: oh, that's great. That's I mean, that's sort of thinking back to what, um, you know, the group behind the community we're trying to build. This is exactly it.
1: So. Yeah, they've done a fantastic job. And when I get more organized, I promise I'll come to more meetups.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll hold you to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... If, if there were things in Wollongong maybe, you know, that you would want to change or see change, what, what kind of things in your 11 years do you think we could improve? I mean, this this obviously comes from the lens of the tech scene, but public transport, I guess, is always one that comes to mind.
1: Well, a lot of good things actually have happened in the last... Eleven years since I've been here. Like we got the free bus. Yes. Um, big win. Yay for the free bus. Yeah. Golf clap, everyone. <laughs> we nearly lost it, but we held yeah, on. Yeah, we there. held on. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like you walk around and like the playgrounds, like all around me, have you know got suddenly gotten fixed up. The park um, around the corner from me. Um, that's just gone into a major review and it's gonna be completely renovated. It's gonna get its new own new bike track and so on and so forth. Um, you know the Blue Mile has yeah, come the blue
0: miles yeah
1: has come up. Things like the early start discovery space, like this giant children's museum was like created. Like the moment I had my child, like it was like just in time. We built compilation. Up you. We yeah.
0: actually, yeah.
1: Thank you, Wollongong. I appreciate that. You know, yeah. um, you know, amazing things are happening in Wollongong, and we've got you know Thursday night markets. You, yeah. you know where you can go out and have eat street. I went there the other day. I saw four people on you you know and if i was in sydney and i went to you know some yeah, the, something like i would have had to drive 2 hours to get there it would have been crowded it would, you know yeah. and i'm trying not to oversell it cuz i don't want to exactly many people it's the secret. Gotta yeah, it, yeah, gotta uh, it the secret we got to keep it we got to keep it secret i yeah. think
0: there's there's other big things coming as well like mm-hmm. um I'm I'm super excited about the makerspace at the science center. Yeah, people are probably sick to death of me talking about <laughs> it, um, and that's going to be another episode in the future. I hope.
1: Yes, I I've, I I was there while they were building the upstairs. Okay. And so I, but I haven't gone up to have a peek yet. So I definitely Maybe we'll should sneak go. In. <laughs> yeah, we should sneak in completely.
0: So, for someone like you, you know, it's clear that you're a talented. I don't want to use the word developer because I feel like you you cross that boundary. You've got so many other skills as well. What what kind of what are you doing to stay sharp and you know what what keeps you going and keeps you on the cutting edge?
1: Well, I don't know. Some you yeah, asked me this question and I'm was thinking like how is it that I pick up something new because I have this goal which is to pick up new technology every year. This year was AWS. I'm still drinking from that fire hose. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like one year it was 3D printing. And one year, you know, it was um, learning how to write mobile apps. You know, one year was Arduino. Arduino.
0: Okay. So it's just that drive to keep picking something new, having that goal.
1: And I, yeah, it must be related to making something. I want to make a thing. So I need to learn everything about making that thing. It's not a knowledge for knowledge sake kind of thing. It's a, I love making things. Um, so I've got my latest thing, by the way, my latest thing, which is sort of,
0: do you want to give this away on the podcast?
1: (laughs) Yeah, because it's so This amazing. could be
0: Shark Tank I 2019. Know, I know.
1: My latest thing is the cricket. I don't know if you know the this. The cricket, no. Yeah. Like, it's so, like, sewing machine. Um, what do you call it?
0: Oh, like uh, wearable, so... wearable um, no. tech?
1: No. 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 It's so sewing machine community oriented that I think you've... in scrapbooking. The scrapbookers love it, too. It is a machine <laughs> That you put in the picture and it cuts with a um, Zacto knife for you in an XY plotter kind of way. Ah. Oh. Which means that if you're doing, by the way, hot tip, if you're doing like 3D printing. Yes. And you want to do like, th- this is how, I was looking at the Ozo Bear, which is like this puzzle that, okay. that, that you twist. And I really wanted to make it exactly like the picture on Thingiverse and i was just like how did they do that it's like you can't 3d print that you know that finish on 3d print i was just like i got to 3d printing
0: and then you have to do like acetone finishing yeah i was like i had to light my house on fire to smooth it i was just like
1: i'm like going through that no that's too that's too unsafe that's too unsafe that's too unsafe so now my latest thing is the cricket which is a vinyl like you can get vinyl stickers And so, if you're thinking like Rubik's cube style thing where they've got the stickers on the side, if you want to finish your 3D printing project, the Cricut is your machine. Like,
0: I'm gonna have to Google this. I know it's
1: just like you gotta get past the scrapbooking thing and like look (laughs) at it for its usefulness.
0: I, I, I feel like now I can't wait to see the culmination of all these year skills that you've built. So we've got like three D printing, so we're gonna make something, and then it's gonna have an Arduino in it, and yeah. it's gonna be back ended by AWS. It's gonna yeah. have Lambda functions.
1: Yeah, but it's gonna have a vinyl sticker on it. And
0: it's, yes, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna look good.
1: Yes, yes, but um, I'll have to find something alternate to vinyl. Suzanne told me because you know. We'll need to find something eco. Oh to yes, cut.
0: correct. Maybe this could let's, be a new Rue create market segment.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh,
0: Biodegradable <laughs> vinyl stickers. Yeah, sugarcane no, based. Sugarcane, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the. You mentioned the Siligong community earlier, so I I think we're going to have this as a recurring question in the podcast now. What we're all thinking is, what are the favorite channels of Jessica's in the Siligong Slack?
1: Oh, I think you p- could probably guess them by what I'm anticipating. I quite like UI, UX design. Do you know why? Um, Kit. I don't actually know Kit very well. Oh, right? see? So yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Posts Friday UX fails. Which are just like, uh, they make me, my stomach hurt with laughter. They're just so funny. Okay. And, um. So
0: I don't know Kid either. I only know him through the Slack, but that's a good shout out. Yeah. I hope he listens to the podcast.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I hope that's his name or yeah. her. Um,
0: <laughs> DM me. <laughs> no, no, in public. <laughs>
1: uh, okay. 3d printing okay because i like bragging about what i've just made (laughs) and you can see several brags (laughs) including the the space invaders i printed um yeah um which look amazing on my me 3d printer
0: um Uh, not a sponsor not an official sponsor (laughs) 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 fledger has not approached me yet (laughs)
1: yeah that's right there's a lot of holes in my 3D um, my 3D build plate, by the way.
0: I need to get that updated. Exactly. So. <laughs> we can we can talk offline. That's right. <laughs> <we have> <laughs> okay, 3D printing. I like it. Yeah. Um, I'll and... force you to choose one more.
1: <laughs> oh, it's hard. General's always good. React's always good. Yeah. Reac- okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm always learning something new off of React, and Tech's always good. Cool. Great. Yeah. Oh. That was five.
0: That's okay. We'll let it slide. I mean, you can do more if you want, <laughs> or you can just list them no, all. that's all right. <laughs> so, that pretty much wraps us up for, for this episode. Um, I want to thank you for making the time and, and being available. It's been fantastic and, and willing to tell your story. It's just, it's. I mean, you might not think it's interesting, but I'm sure for lots of people it's super interesting. Like we have this Microsoft superstar in our midst, and sort of moving on and just doing really great things in the community and and helping local companies. So I I think it's fantastic. Thank you very much, Jess.
1: Well, thanks for having me on. It's been quite fun, a little bit of an adventure too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I would be uh, silly not to spruik, uh the Silicon Valley Slack.
1: Yeah, a little absolutely. Bit more.
0: So, if you're listening, head over to Siligong.com and you can find links to the podcast uh, and an invite box to the Slack channel and you can come join us and be a part of the community. Um, as thanks, I have a sticker to present you. Uh. It's a Siligong Valley sticker. Um so this is, this, is our thank, this is our gift to you.
1: It makes me real. That's amazing. Thank you so much. And I heard all about the logo, and now I understand all the colors. So that's, I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. And if you don't know why the colors are what they are, you definitely need to go
0: back to the first one. Oh, that's great. Free advertising. Cool. Thanks, Jess.
1: Yeah, No worries. Thank you.